1370 AM, The Zone. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome in on a Monday morning. Did you get your fill of football over the weekend? Yes, I know the Green Bay Packers season is over, but we get to watch the Detroit Lions move forward. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. Glad you're along with us. Yes, you're right. This is not a sports show. It is the farm show. We're focused in on all things about Wisconsin agriculture. So glad that you're joining us. Weather-wise, we're hoping warmer temperatures are going to join us this week. Starting today, cloudy skies on the way. 34 are expected high today. Tomorrow, we've got a chance of snow in the forecast. 34 are expected high. Wednesday, up to 36 degrees and mixed precipitation in the forecast. Thursday, more showers on the way. 38 Friday, cloudy skies and 37 degrees. How much of an issue is this weather going to be if you're doing traveling this week? We'll find out. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, on the way. And stay tuned. A brand new feature we're bringing to you this morning focused in on how Wisconsin's dairy industry checkoff dollars are focused in on return on investment. Charity Seebecker visits with the CEO of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin looking for those answers. Stick around. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Farm accidents have no season. They happen 24-7, 365, whether we're planting, whether we're harvesting, whether we're helping the crops grow. Farming is an intense occupation that requires our full attention all the time. The National Farm Medicine Center in Marshfield preaches farm safety, investigates researchers farm safety and farm accidents, and one of the things that they have found is that Paying attention is a real challenge for farmers once they get tired. Melissa Pluckelman is an outreach specialist with the National Farm Medicine Center, and she told us, yes, getting tired is a key to farm accidents. Spring, summer, and fall, you know, the planting is just as hectic as harvest and, and taking care of the crops in the middle of the season, whether it's haying, spraying, whatever it may be. We get tired. We've got to notice that. We do get tired, and we need to recognize it in our bodies. Sometimes we don't listen to our bodies, do we? So when we start to feel tired, we start to get headaches, we maybe even have some brain fog, we need to think about how fatigue affects our decision-making, and it affects the safety on the farm, not only for ourselves, but for those around us. The other thing that we can think about is that fatigue can actually cost us money. So we think, i got to be in the fields when the time is right, and I understand that reality. When the fields are dry enough, 
when the crops are dry enough, like you have to get them off. When, in the spring, when the, when the ground is warm, you got to get the seeds in. But when you're tired and fatigued, you make decisions slower. You have a slower reaction time. And that can even cause problems with the machinery that you're running. And that can cost you money. And so we need to really think about how is fatigue affecting us and how can we mitigate the hazard of fatigue. And so some of the things that we remind you to think of is actually getting up at the same time every morning makes a huge difference in your body. So if you're working late into the night and you think, well, it's important that I get eight hours of sleep, so I'm gonna sleep until 11 tomorrow, that actually hurts your routine. So get up at the same time, get a little bit of exercise, and then take a nap if you have time. That's actually a better way to kind of mitigate that fatigue that your body feels. No, is that just for the wellness of our body or our wellness of our mind and our thinking process? Does it all play together? It does. Exactly like you said, it all plays together. So our muscles feel better. You know, we can do things like lift heavy things or, you know, all of that with our muscles. But also, yes, majorly that helps our mind and it helps our decision-making process. It helps our moods. All of those things are connected with fatigue. So... How'd you do this research? I mean, it's, you know, because you talk to farmers and they don't always tell you the whole truth about, uh, you know, how many hours a day they're working or when they start and when they end. It's got to be a challenge. It is a challenge. And so the research is being done right now at the Upper Midwest Agricultural Safety and Health Center, or UMASH, which is based in Minnesota. And they are currently doing some of that research. But you're absolutely right. Farmers don't admit when they're tired. And so that's why it's important for us to look out for each other. So if you are a spouse of a farmer, if you are a worker for a farm owner, or if you're a farm owner and you have workers, like calling each other out and saying, I can tell that you're tired and I know that you need some rest in order to be at your peak efficiency. So again, it's gonna make you more efficient in the job that you're doing, but it's gonna make you safer as well. And at the end of the day, what we really want is for farmers to go home to their family and everyone to be safe, and healthy and whole. And so that's why we're doing the research now. And you're right, how do we do that research? We try to talk to farmers, we try to do surveys, we do focus groups, we visit them at farm shows. And and you're right, it's hard because not everyone is always telling the whole truth and then others are exaggerating. So you kind of have to find that middle ground. But that research is important so that the resources that we create for farmers is real and it meets them where they're at. How much of this research is just about what time do you get up? How many hours a day do you work in the busy season? Does it also include what's your diet during this area? Are you, you know, eating a Milky Way or are you stopping for a halfway decent lunch? What's all included? How all-encompassing is this research? Because fatigue is a very important thing that farmers have to recognize. Now, I'm going to admit, I'm not the scientist, I'm not doing the research, but you're right, we are looking at all of that, and we're looking at It's really interesting because sometimes we talk about how farmers create and produce the most nutritious food out there, whatever whatever their product is. When we think about milk and dairy farmers in our area, milk is one of the most nutritious supplements we can put into our body with the vitamins and minerals it gives us, the amount of protein. But yet when a dairy farmer gets up in the morning, he's usually drinking a Mountain Dew or a pot of coffee. And we just want to remind them to think about the nutrition that they're putting into their bodies. And if you need that caffeine to get you going in the morning, I get it. Realistically, I do it too. But afterwards, drink some water. 
make sure that you have something a little bit more healthy. If you have to be in the tractor all day, think about the snacks that you're taking with you. It's hard sometimes because we can't, we don't have a refrigerator in the tractor, but take snacks that you know are high in protein, that are not high in carbs and sugar. So instead of, like you said, having that Milky Way or that box of donuts, take a healthy sandwich with maybe a whole wheat bread. Um, make sure that you have some granola bars that are high in protein or some nuts might also be better for you. And so, yeah, your nutrition really plays a role in your fatigue as well. But also exercise. Our farmers think that they get enough exercise because they're constantly going, but we don't always raise our heart rate to the level that we need to. And so taking a little break, getting some stretching in, maybe even run across the field a couple times, get your heart rate up a little bit. You're actually going to sleep better at night if you do that during the day. Interesting tips. Also, you know, we see sometimes that maybe the kids are in the cab with us or the combine or the tractor or whatever. Somebody's got to take care of the kids. It's a challenge. You think, well, on a farm, you know, you're always around the farm to take care of the kids. But uh, that's not the way of it. Child care is very important in the rural area, just like it is in town. So we know agriculture is one of the most hazardous, or hazardous industries there is. But we know that it's the only industry where we can take our children onto the farm and there are no laws against that. So we kind of raise our children in the work site. And there's, there's pros and cons to that. There's pros they learn work ethic. They learn the circle of life. They really kind of see how things work and how things grow. But also we know that it's hazardous for them. And parents will tell us that they love having their children near, but sometimes when it's time to get work done, it's impossible to work and supervise a child, and they wish that there was childcare available. Is there something in the works that maybe some childcare assistance is coming? Yes, so with the Farm Bill, one of the priorities that Farm Bureau and the Farmers Union have put in their priority list is childcare and making it affordable and accessible in rural America. Because right now, farmers will tell you that they might have to drive an hour to drop their child off at, ch at childcare, and then drive an hour home, and then again to pick them up. And by that time, they've lost four hours of their day, and it's no longer worth it. Or the price of childcare is so high that they just can't afford it. So they do. They put children in the tractor. And no research has formally been done on how do those vibrations actually affect a growing child? Or how does that affect their ears as they're growing and will that harm them in the future with their hearing loss and so th those are things that we need to think about as adults and as parents and that's not the safest place for us to put a child but what do we do so yes trying to find accessible and affordable child care in rural America challenges continue in agriculture but the National Farm Medicine Center is here to help us weather all these challenges Melissa Pleckelman with us and Melissa of course along with Scott Heiberger share and the information of the research at the National Farm Medicine Center. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Email from school. What about the incident today? Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night too. Did you have a clue? No, but you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, 
But if you have a concern about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is gonna tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Every time you saw her, she pinched your right cheek. She gave you a peppermint candy and that special wink. You loved Aunt Gladys, but now the boxes of precious moments, stacks of encyclopedias, and heavy outdated furniture is making you crazy. At Two Men in a Junk Truck, we don't just remove junk. We restore your sanity. Experience the calm after the clutter. Visit twomenandajunktruck.com today for your free estimate. Keep what you love, ditch what you don't. Landscapers count on Kalani Topsoil for our consistent quality shredded soil used on major projects. No sticks or rocks to rake out. In fact, it spreads out as smooth as butter and deliveries that are on time every time so the work crew isn't standing around. Now that saves you time and money in the long run. Landscapes and landscapers love Kalani Topsoil. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. KalaniTopsoil.com Now that's good dirt. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And on a Monday, it's time for us to speak about the weather. Brought to you courtesy of our friends at Compere Financial. Stu Ag meteorologist joining us. It, it does feel like our temperatures have already improved a pretty good chunk, even at this early hour, Stu. But I am kind of curious, with all the meetings, conventions, etc. we've got coming up later this week, what kind of crazy precipitation pattern are we going to have to manage through? I think we're going to talk about, believe it or not, Pam, more likely some rain. Mm. Uh, early this week, yeah, it could mix with a little freezing rain, freezing drizzle, some snowflakes. But by the time we get to Wednesday, Thursday, mostly some rain. And with some of the snow covers we have, you know, that gets kind of icy and not all that nice. Yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. I mean, or a lot of rural World roads and even in town, we got a snowpack there that's going to be slippy, mushy, you know, that way. And so the freezing rain is what concerns me most on top of that. Right. And that's not a real major threat. I mean, I, I don't expect we're going to build a sheet of ice on everything as freezing rain falls, but we're going to get that mix of precipitation, especially uh, quite late tonight into the day, Tuesday. Once we get through that time frame, it looks a little more likely Wednesday, Thursday, you know, that we talk about some rainfall in the area and the mild air is indeed building in. Temperatures this morning, for the most part, are above yesterday's recorded daytime highs. It warmed up in the nighttime. The south breeze just enough to tap into that mild air mass and really warm those temperatures up through the nighttime. There's a frontal boundary way off into northern Minnesota, back towards South Dakota, that will eventually 
drop east and southeast and head our way out ahead of it. We get that south wind, that mild air that builds in, that strong high we had late last week off to our southwest. It's to our southeast today, and in that position on the, the back side of that high-pressure center, we have these south winds, and they bring that mild air in. The radar indicating that there is some very light and somewhat mixed precipitation from Milwaukee almost back to Madison, almost that far west, and spreading south, especially down into Illinois. If you're in that part of the state heading east or southeast this morning, you may find that mix of precipitation very light, but it is getting started already there, according to the radar. And then with the rest of us, we're going to talk about more cloudy skies and more likely that mix of precipitation happening later tonight or on into the day Tuesday. Snow amounts, you know, not quite an inch if we see that kind of accumulation, but mixed with it, some rain, maybe a little brief period of freezing rain or freezing drizzle. Things could be a lot more slippery through the day Tuesday. Rain and snow, still the chance Tuesday night. And then as we've talked about Wednesday, Thursday, more likely some rain, you know, a tenth of an inch or less, not a big deal, but built it on top of the slushy conditions we have and the ice pack and the snow pack and some of the roads. Things are going to be a lot more sloppy, a lot more slippery. This is going to seem like a big change after the cold weather of last week. The mild weather this week is the key where we are going to stay up in the 30s for most of the week. Getting there already today or getting close today and definitely then being in the 30s beyond that point, a real mild break at this part of January. I'll have forecast details right after this. Are rising utility bills putting a strain on your farm's bottom line? Focus on Energy can identify energy efficiency upgrades designed to help you save for years to come. Kickstart a more energy efficient future for your farm. Call 800-762-7077 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, supporting Wisconsin's farmers since 2001. What does supporting rural communities look like? At Compere Financial, we believe it starts with giving back. That's why we are here, with grants that invest in the communities we serve to help beginning farmers, fund agricultural education, support first responders, stimulate economic growth, and partner with causes that matter to our clients. Visit Compere.com to learn more. Compere Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. All right, buddy, let's have a few more details. So we're already starting to warm up. Now the challenge is going to be just flexing with the precipitation we get, huh? Yep, that's about it. It's going to start to mix in and uh, make things change. Our Compere Financial Ag Weather Forecast is for a cloudy day today. Southeast Wisconsin, that very light, patchy, freezing drizzle, light snow this morning. I expect with clouds today, we all push back to near freezing, about 32, and that's an above-normal day. The south winds, 10 to 15, could gust up around 30 now and again. Cloudy overnight, and there it is, the patchy drizzle, freezing drizzle, maybe some snowflakes. Could be a little rain as we head toward daybreak with nighttime lows in the low 30s, 30 or 31, not going to cool much. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. Cloudy Tuesday, rain, snow, could be some freezing rain mixed in that mix and slop during the day. Less than an inch of snow, just a little covering of ice if it collects uh, in the mid-30s, 34, 35, with east winds at 5, cloudy skies Wednesday, and again, a little rain chance later in the day, mid-30s, call it 36, with east winds at 5. If you notice, Pam, not windy like it was last week. Today, kind of breezy, but beyond that, 
We're not going to have those really brisk winds, but the mild air is here and those changes happen. All right. Good enough. I'll talk with you tomorrow morning uh, already <laughs> having experienced what's going on on the roads. All right. Sounds good. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with your Monday weather forecast brought to you courtesy of our friends at Compure Financial. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Find their resources and office near you online at compure.com. Chad Vincent, CEO of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, on the way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Making a decision on new home furnishings is easy with Lazy Boy. You already know he only cares about the comfort, but it's the luxury and design you crave. You choose the style, patterns, and material, while he's imagining himself being seated right in front of the 50-yard line. Call it Lazy Luxury at its finest. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Is losing interest due to low libido sabotaging your love life? After the age of 30, women begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline, medications, or health issues. Carbon World Health can help you do something about it. They offer custom-designed hormone replacement therapies. They'll determine exactly what you need to re-energize your love life. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. You love your home. It's full of memories from the past and even more memories to be made. When you're ready to spruce it up, contact AF Construction. AF Construction will talk to you about your addition ideas like a relaxing three-season sunroom or expanded living space. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Tom from Tom's Auto Center. You know the colors of a stoplight. Red meaning alert, yellow meaning caution, green meaning it's safe to move forward. We use a similar system in our repair report, which you receive after every service. Red meaning it needs urgent attention, yellow meaning we have concerns, green meaning your vehicle is all good. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. 
from navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Your parents moved to a smaller house. They're happy. But how'd you end up with their leftover furniture in your garage? And is that a box of sewing patterns from the 1970s? <gasps> it's time to call Two Men and a Junk Truck, a division of Two Men and a Truck, to get it hauled away today. Get a free no-obligation estimate. We recycle and repurpose usable stuff. Experience the calm after the clutter. Visit twomenandajunktruck.com. Keep what you love, ditch what you don't. The floor then uh, started to get an ask question to Jordan Love. And Love, we were talking about him, obviously. Uh, why wouldn't you be? And the dude's been absolutely phenomenal. Cool, calm, collected, and uh, really grown into a, a leader of this Packers team. LaFleur has asked on Jordan Love's leadership ability. He's true to who he is. He's not trying to be somebody he's not. I think he's a genuine person. I think that's easy to follow. You guys have been around him, and I think you all feel the same way I feel about him. He's a great person, first and foremost. He's a guy that's absolutely committed to this team puts everything he has into this thing and so i think it, it's just kind of developed organically i would i would say if you're a quarterback of a nfl team isn't being a leader doesn't that come with the territory like is there a quarterback who isn't like a leader of the team well, i guess you can look at some bad teams i would and be say like, for yeah. the, i would <laughs> say for the longer for the longer part or the longest time in his Packers tenure, I don't think Aaron Rodgers was the leader of the Packers. No, he never was. And he was a quarterback, and arguably in his best seasons, where we saw Aaron Rodgers from 2010 till about 2017, his best seasons with McCarthy, I don't think he was the leader one time. So he was a leader by example, not by like a you-rah-rah kind of guy? I don't know, even know if he was that. He, like, hmm. like, I mean... He held people his, to a very high his, standard. Right. But we also know he wasn't the one willing to teach the people the standard. He just, it was assumed? No, like... Like, like you, Rogers assumed he, you knew he, the standard? He'd have other people tell them what he liked. Interesting. Like, I'm not saying that's... No, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing or anything like that, but... I don't think he we, became more of a leader on the Packers until, like, 2020. I... I'm not even sure he was that then. Like, it was the very end, tail end of his Packers career that you could say he was more of a leader on the team. I would say for the almost the entirety of his tenure, 
he wasn't, and he wasn't a vocal leader. No, he, absolutely not. A vocal he definitely leader. wasn't a Tom Brady. But he, I mean, he got you results. Yeah, he, was, he was that he was guy you tried out there. Yeah, he, he was, was a guy that, he, like, on your high school team, wasn't a leader. Wasn't this. Wasn't that. But he was talented. But he was talented, and you needed him to win. Yep. Would you change your opinion if he went to OTAs? If he, you know, no, I don't. I just don't showed see up Aaron for practices. Being, I yeah. I just I I don't see him as being. The rah-rah guy. Well, there's always a knock on him we always talked about. It's like you see Tom Brady grabbing people's face masks and getting in their face and be like, come on, like yeah. on the sidelines, hooting and hollering at guys. Aaron Rodgers does it more passive-aggressively. Yeah. And yeah. that's not a leader. Yeah. Like, it, it's just not. Do you see it in Jordan Love then? Uh, I, not really. I don't think we've seen enough of Jordan yeah. Love. Yeah. And, and so far, like, him being calm, cool, and collected all the time seems like something a leader should be doing. Mm-hmm. But I can't say... He's a leader because I haven't seen him be that vocal guy. Would you say Rodgers was a leader with a handful of the people that he liked? <laughs> or was Maybe. he just on, like him and Devontae Adams were just, they just had a connection? I, it's, I don't really like know. Him and Jordy it's, just had a connection. From my perspective, yeah. it looked like he was more that, like Rowdy it's That said. uber-talented guy, the just, uber mention. He's perceived a leader because he's talented. Yeah. Whether he was in the locker room or not, it doesn't seem that way from where we sit, to me at least. And I don't know that about Jordan Love yet. Yeah. I like I haven't seen him like get in the faces of people. And I, I haven't seen him be the outside of, hey, we're going to dinners and stuff and doing this. That's different from being a leader. Like that's getting to know your wide receiver. And I don't necessarily think you need it to be the quarterback, but you need it to be somebody. Right. And you need it to be somebody that if, if they are more important, like a quarterback, then it goes a long ways. But think of some of the teams. Charles Woodson was the team leader while he was here. Yeah. And I would say that uh, if you look at some of the other, some of the other teams, like just in history, like Ray Lewis in the Baltimore Super Bowl yeah. is clearly the leader. I don't think Trent Dilfer was anywhere near a leader. No. Like, <laughs> well, he was a journeyman Re- quarterback. Reggie that White. Was, yeah. He was the leader of the Packers when they won the Super Bowl. Was Clay Matthews a leader for the Packers? Who was I, would the- even go, <laughs> I would even go one further, same type of era as the Baltimore Ravens, but you look at that uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Brad Johnson wasn't the leader. Like that was that was Derek Brooks. That was yeah. Warwick Dunn. That was like good players. It didn't necessarily have to be a quarterback. I guess it's just easier if it is the quarterback. Yeah, right. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Wet forecast this week. Cloudy skies and 34 today, but then the precipitation shows up tomorrow in the form of snow. 34 Wednesday, it's rain and 36. Thursday, rain and 38. Friday, cloudy skies, 37 degrees. Today is the 20th day, make that 22nd day of January. Did you know on this day back in 1964, the world's largest cheese at that time was produced right here in Wisconsin. It was a block of cheddar cheese that weighed more than 17 ton. It was created for the 1964 New York World's Fair and consumed during the annual meeting of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association in Eau Claire. If you go to the small community of Nielsville, you can still see a replica of that cheese in their cheese mobile. 
world's largest block of cheese produced in Wisconsin on this day back in 1964. That's the largest block at that time, anyhow. On this day in 1970, the Boeing 747 takes off on its first scheduled flight. It's still in the air today. And happy anniversary to former President Donald Trump and his wife, Melania, uh, married on this day back in 2005. And now you know. Brand new feature to bring your way on a Monday morning. Charity Seabaker joins us now with an update on how dairy producers' checkoff dollars are being invested. Have you ever wondered what happens with your dairy checkoff dollars and where they're going towards? I'm Charity Seabaker from the Midwest Farm Report, and Chad Vincent, CEO of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, tells us just that in this month's Check-In with Dairy Checkoff. He says what they do with your checkoff dollars can have a key ripple effect on your return on investment. You know, the the farmers created this program about 40 years ago, and it's really all about creating demand and trust for dairy products in Wisconsin. One thing we often get is lobbying. And when they created this thing, they said, look, there's enough lobby groups out there. We don't want you to be lobbying. Help us build demand and awareness and trust for our products. So what types of programming does that checkoff fund then once you have that? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of it is advertising, digital, creating the image and and getting the word out there about all the amazing dairy products that we make. You know, with the dollars, we're also, we do a lot of work in schools and making sure the kids get educated because there's really, without us, there's not a whole lot of folks that are in the schools actually talking about dairy and, and even agriculture. So we're really strong in that area. And, you know, we also make sure that we get farmers in front of consumers because they really don't get enough of that. So farmers can tell their true stories about what they do on the farms and how they take care of the land and the water and the air and how they're an amazing part of the community. So we're, we're really, you know, the marketing department for the Wisconsin dairy farmers. And can you touch a little bit more on that when you are into the schools? What does that look like and what are those opportunities for them to help share their stories? Well, you know, we've got we've got detailed plans that are like very simple for multiple grade level teachers to grab and, and incorporate in their planning, which they love because it's kind of turnkey. But we also have Adopt a Cow, which is an amazing program where we have like, we probably had over 150,000 kids exposed to dairy last year where a teacher in a school adopts a calf and they follow that calf through the full year. And at the end of it, a lot of them go to Farm Dairy Center and, and visit the calf themselves. So they get to see life on the farm. They get to see how the calves are really treated and they're, you know, they're part of the family. And it's, 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 it's a fantastic positive way for them to interact with dairy and learn where their food actually comes from. And how does the dairy checkoff measure and report its return on investment then to its farmers with these initiatives? Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of different ways. You know, the Texas A&M does an annual study, and I think the last one was for every dollar that is spent and invested for a farmer money, that's like a $4.78 return. But but really, there's so many different ways to, to look at that. We you know, dairy per capita consumption is increased by 80 pounds per person uh, or about 2.2 pounds per year. Um, our dairy consumption has grown 6% in the last five years alone. You know, on our on one of the measurables that we have is we, in, we invest in PR, which is where we provide story ideas to editors and newsrooms around the country. And then if they pick those stories up, they'll they'll tell them for free. We earned over $70 million in publicity in PR last year across you know cnn major news networks local news networks farm networks everywhere it's 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 pretty cool that we were able to to spend a million dollars and get 70 million dollars worth of media investment return 
And can you take me through maybe a little bit of the feedback that you're receiving from farmers knowing that you are doing this on their behalf? Yeah, well, it's 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 interesting. It's probably one of the hardest part of the job, Charity, is that, you know, the farmers that actually have taken the time to look and see what we're doing and what we're doing with their money, because it's their money, for the vast majority of them realize, wow, there's amazing amount of, of uh, amazing amount of really positive, great things happening with their funding. The hard part is there's a lot of farmers that really don't. And all they see is the money going out of their out of their paycheck every week. And it's it's hard, right? If you if you don't know where money's going and it's just being pulled out, it's really difficult. So anybody that has questions about it, we have, we really ask them, hey, call me, lean in, ask us. We have you know 25 different farmers that are board members that can also give you one-on-one inside, not us talking, but them seeing what's happening as well. Uh, because it's really we listen hard to farmers and make sure that we're doing what they need to deliver awareness and, and and demand for the dairy products. And what is something maybe you wish people knew about the efforts that you guys are doing with these dairy checkoff dollars? I think that one of the things I wish they knew is we, we scrutinize these programs. We have post-ops on every program that we do and we evaluate them. We set objectives up front. We measure them. Did it work? Did it not work? How did we? How do we make it better? Is it still worth doing? If it's not, kill it, stop it, move on, and invest those monies to where they're going to get the biggest return and be and be most impactful. Because once again, Farmer Nichols, it's for us. We're really passionate about making sure that we have farmers first, and farmers are the most passionate things that we're. That's why we're all here. That was Chad Vincent, CEO of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, along with us. If you have questions, head on over to wisconsindairy.org and don't hesitate to reach out to them. From the Midwest Farm Report and Charity Seebecker. Join the fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke along with the Wisconsin Soybean and Corn Growers at the 2024 Corn Soy Expo. It's happening on February 1st and 2nd at the Kalahari Resort in the Wisconsin Dells. Pam will be broadcasting on Thursday at 11.30 a.m. with Compere Financial located in Booth 409. She'll broadcast at 2 p.m. with the Wisconsin Soybean Board at Booth 402. For more information or to make plans to attend, visit cornsoyexpo.org. On Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained two and three quarter cents to one forty six and three quarters, but forty pound block cheese dropped two and a half to one forty four and a half. The double A butter that was down two cents, two fifty four and a half per pound. February class three milk this morning is unchanged, fifteen seventy nine a hundred weight. March class three milk down a penny, sixteen oh eight. March corns unchanged. December new crop also unchanged at four seventy five and a half. March soybeans are currently unchanged. November new crop beans unchanged at 11.91. Right now the July new crop wheat's down a penny at 608 and a half. Well, we have a new host site for the 2026 Wisconsin Farm Technology Days event. But I'll tell you what, things are changing between now and then. Talking about that change up next with Anna Maynard, General Manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. And from Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Wisconsin Farm Bureau's grassroots policy really truly is a bottom-up process. 
this is truly started at the bottom, brought by the members, for the members. It really does work its way up the chain, because this is the core foundation of Farm Bureau. We truly are all-encompassing, and that's why I really believe in the Farm Bureau mission. WFBF.com. We are the voice of agriculture. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Now that I refurbished my entire living room with Lazy Luxury, everyone keeps asking, is that a Lazy Boy recliner? What they don't know is that my budget allowed me to redecorate for a fraction with free in-home design included. I say yes. At Lazy Boy, customizable fashion and luxury can be this simple. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Have you ever had an MRI through the hospital where you're crunched inside a scary tube-like tunnel? MH Imaging in Middleton provides the spacious comfort of a completely open design MRI, the most updated concept in MRIs. It's an open MRI, open for everyone, regardless of insurance or doctor affiliation, for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And the results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. All kinds of moisture in the forecast for this week. Cloudy skies today, 34. Tomorrow we've got snow in the forecast, 34. Wednesday, it's rain in the forecast and 36. Rain on Thursday, 38. Friday, cloudy skies, 37 degrees. So glad you're along with us on this Monday. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll catch up with our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Well, last week, the Wisconsin Farm Technology Days board announced they had found a host for the 2026 event, celebrating its 72nd year in 2026. They're heading to Stratford, where No Joke Dairy is going to be the host site. Now, this is a little bit of a change in pattern for Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. In the past, they would find a county that wanted to host the event, and then that county would begin to look for a host farm. Well, that's all changing starting in 2025. I talked about it with Anna Maynard, General Manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, and she explains it really wasn't their choice to have to change up their selection process, but instead ramifications from changes within university extension services. Those of you that are familiar with the past 70 years of this farm show know that extension played uh, a large role in it, and the county played a large role in it. Often shows would be selected because a county extension agent would be interested in in, uh, managing the show, and so they would go to their county board, and they'd ask the county board, you know, for not only verbal support, but financial support to get the um, show going. And then um, the ag agent and the extension office would play an important role of, you know, being the secretary for the show, um, being the person that was on site managing things. Well, as many of you know, there's two factors that have really played into changing that role. And that is um, the role of extension has changed. Many of those extension agents do not have one county that they're responsible for anymore. They've gone regional. They've also specialized. Um, and many many counties don't have uh, agents um, anymore the way that they used to. And then county budgets 
have gotten tighter. And to go to a county and ask them to uh, put up the money to bring this show, even though it does have a very positive financial impact on the county, um, the businesses and companies and things in the county, hotels and such, um, the county itself may not see that direct uh, return. So it just got to be um, harder and harder to go the route where we found a county who said, oh, yes, we want you to come. And then after you say that you'll come, then, then we'll go out and find a farm. And what I started hearing was from farms that said, you know, we would have the show, but our county's not interested. Uh, we don't have an ag agent who's interested in doing it. Our ag agent is new, so they're not interested in doing it. And so we just decided, you know, if there's farms out there that are willing to do this, um, maybe we just go direct. And so that is what we've decided to do. And it was interesting. Um, we didn't have anybody lined up for 2025 uh, last year. And the board said, go out there and see what you can find. And, you know, I made a couple of calls and Clinton stepped up right away and they said, well, we'll do it. Um, and then it wasn't more than a, a couple months later. And I got a call. There was an, you know, the Radetskis were interested in doing it in 2026. And you asked how many farms we have. We haven't even had to ask for farms. <laughs> Um, they're just kind of coming out of the woodwork and they're making a case to us, to the board about, um, why they want to have this show, um, what it means to them to have the show. And, uh, and we're just taking it. We're just going where it's being led. So, uh, so far I'm really excited about it. Excellent. Excellent. Now, uh, we know that this is going to be, like you said, change of direction, also change of operations. You got a little taste of that during the 2023 show in Baraboo, Anna. The board feel confident both financially and logistically that we'll be able to tackle these uh, one-offs, shall we say, without uh, county support? Baraboo was a successful show. You know, our, our goal, we're a 501c3. So our goal is to achieve our mission. And, you know, our mission is to provide education in and about agriculture. So in other words, we both want to educate um, farmers, but we also want to educate consumers because we understand for farming to be successful, the consumer has to be involved. The consumer has to support the farming operation. Um, the, the consumer has to, you know, consume the milk, consume the cheese. Um, so we really feel that it's important that it be two-pronged. Yes, we're going to educate farmers about how to do a better job farming, but we're going to also educate um, consumers um, about how their food is produced, why it's important for rural communities to support their agricultural base, um, why it's important to to understand the regulations and laws that impact agriculture and how that impacts their rural communities. Now, people have to understand it is not uh, an easy lift to put on a show that attracts uh, tens of thousands of people from across the state of Wisconsin. Do you anticipate having to staff up, Anna? Are you going to be looking for auxiliary services? Uh, the logistical implementation of the show is, cannot be overlooked. Yes, we had to look at ways that we could reduce the need for volunteers. 
I mean, I think any of your listeners out there that um, work for a nonprofit organization have discovered that volunteers are kind of a precious commodity nowadays. And, you know, our show historically has taken 1,500 volunteers to make it work. Well, um, so we had to look at what is really taking our volunteer force and how can we cut that down. And so one big change we made in Baraboo that, that came off very successfully is we went away from the show producing its own food to feed our, our guests. So we went to food trucks. We also realized that um, we needed a volunteer coordinator, somebody whose specific job is to look for volunteers that will help with the show. And we knew we had to change something. You know, there are so many people who ought to just out of their love in their heart that they will come and they will do something. But those days are kind of a little bit going to the side. You know, you, you need to recognize that those volunteers are making a commitment and you need to commit to them as well. So the show um, has decided that when volunteers come and work during the show, we track their hours. And we then have them select a nonprofit organization. It's not something they get paid directly for doing, but they identify their nonprofit organization that they want to support. And then a monetary amount, I don't want to say what specifically, but it's a very reasonable amount of money per hour worked is then donated to that charity. So um, we gave away about $32,000 in, in Baraboo to 29 different organizations. Some got more because they had more volunteers coming, but you know, it was the ones you'd be used to hearing SFA and those sorts of things. But we also had volunteers who came and volunteered for the Leukemia Association or the Alzheimer's Association. Animator, general manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, explaining some of the flexing that they're doing within the organization to make sure that the show can continue. Now, this year, Chippewa County will host Wisconsin Farm Technology Days just outside of Kadat near the Country Fest grounds, August 13th through the 15th. Then, as Anna pointed out, in 2025, they pivot to their new model where the farm will be the host site not so worried about the county participation. In 2025, the third, second, third, and fourth generations of the Clinton family will host the big show. That's going to be an August 5th through the 7th event just outside of Bear Creek. And now, as we found out, the 2026 show will be a July show, and No Joke Dairy outside of Stratford will act as your host. Follow along if you'd like, wifarmtechnologydays.org.